0: Everyday Life series on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership, biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category, and you can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation, that is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series because we're both going on some sort of scavenger hunt. I've been doing some study on it and I've picked up some real nuggets on each of these topics, work, money, business, investing, and leadership. I'm still on a journey of discovery, but I thought I would invite you to come along with me. I've read a whole lot of books and I'm sure some of you have as well on each of these topics and there are thousands of self-help books out there. But I decided to consult the Almighty God Himself on this subject and I said, Lord, I've never really gotten to know or understand what your teachings, what your principles, what your strategy is, how your teachings from the Bible can even be applied to these areas of my life, work, money, business, investing, and leadership. So I asked Him to teach me. So I myself, I'm still taking this class. I don't know when I'll graduate (laughs) because there's a lot to uncover here, but all I am doing during this series is sharing what I'm discovering. I was going to hold off until I reached the end of Revelation, but the first discoveries blew my mind. I was mind blown by the first discoveries that I went. I've got to share some of these principles. I was amazed at at how God thinks and and his thought process and patterns, and I could start to, to map them out. So I thought it was really unique. So there's a lot that God's revealing to me, and I myself, I feel like I've been doing so many things wrong when it comes to work, money, business, investing, and leadership. I'm learning and applying these principles on the fly. Some of these principles might sound familiar. But that's because as we trek along, you'll discover that most of the self-help books out there are actually derivatives from the Bible. But I kind of wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And one of the things that I like to do as a Christian is apply the Bible to my everyday life. Not many Christians approach the Bible like this. If you're going to tell me that this is the creator's handbook to all things that pertain to life and godliness, then I want to know how it applies to my everyday life. I mean, I want to know that if I'm in a corner, if I'm in a tight fix, if my back's against the wall and I need wisdom and that's the only way out, I want to know that I can open up this handbook and of course with the power and help of the Holy Spirit and find answers the problem that I'm dealing with. So first we shall spend some time decoding one of the most important books of the Bible and of our history as mankind. However, our approach and intent are going to be different from what you would expect and that's why I believe this series is for everyone because we're going to look at the Bible as a textbook, as a manual, we're going to check from Genesis to Revelation, decoding God's thought processes and patterns and see how we can apply them to our everyday lives in the area of work, money, business, investing and leadership. So after we decode God's thought processes and patterns during creation, we shall come through the rest of Genesis to Revelation and covering more of God's thought processes and patterns and see how we can apply them to our everyday lives. Without further ado, welcome to Everyday Life Biblical Principles on How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. In to The Pre-Show. This is episode 2 of How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. Today's episode is about principles 5 and 6 that we can decode from creation. We are continuing to uncover God's thought process and patterns during creation. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Welcome back to episode two of How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. We are talking about the first ten principles that we can decode from creation, God's thought process and patterns, and how we can map them to our everyday lives. In our last episode, we talked about the first four principles. We spoke about principle number one was we need a clear vision and plan. We have evidence from the Bible, from Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 to 31, that God himself had a clear vision and plan of creating a heaven and earth. So likewise, we need to have a clear vision and plan. Principle number two was identify the fundamental or core problems. Now, why was this important? Because we can also see from God's flow process of creation. That everything that was created was immediate solutions to existing fundamental problems. There were four problems that existed when God was putting his plan in motion. The earth had no form. It was shapeless. The earth was void. There was nothing in it. Well, there were no things. It had some water. Uh, darkness covered the face of the deep, and there were great waters. So we decoded that there were four problems, and the way you can tell that these are the, quote, fundamental problems is because everything that was created, the first statements that we see saying, let there be this, let there be this, They were all in regards to these four key problems. So likewise, you need to identify your four core fundamental problems. You know, the first thing God created was light. Let there be light. And light was to deal with the problem of darkness. Then God said, let there be a firmament. And its purpose was to deal with the waters. The great waters was to separate them and create a space in between them. The waters above from the waters below. And then... uh, he started creating more physical matter and that's what started to give the earth its form and shape and things started to come in. So you need to identify your own four. It doesn't have to be four. You just need to identify the fundamental core problems. And then principle number three, we said you are a natural born creator or creative because the God who created you, created you in his own image and is a creator. For me, personally, this is reassuring that if I put my mind to something, that I can solve a problem. If, if, if the DNA code in me was saying otherwise, then that's not a good starting place. If within you there was no ability or capability to be creative, to solve problems, then it's a pretty—it's almost like a wasted effort. Do you know what I? Do you know what I mean? It, it, its like if the if if you look at let me say a mule and a thoroughbred horse, there is no ability in a mule to go out to the Kentucky Derby and win so no matter the kind of situations that you try to put a mule in its destiny has already been set there's no way a mule can win a kentucky Derby. i mean that's just its nature but for me it is very assuring to know that the creator of all of this said let us make man in our image according to our likeness So God created man in his own image. So if I know that I am coming from a seed of someone that this DNA, this creative DNA has been passed down into me by the father, then it's reassuring to know that, okay, there's something within me that can find the answers that I need to get out of this mess to solve this problem. I just need to keep searching. It it is there in me. And we also say, The other way that we can apply this principle, uh, how we can shed more light on it, is we say, think about this. Where did the first airplane come from? Every person who innovated or made the first thing had to imagine it. Ideas are conceived inside of us before they are born on the outside of us. The capability for us to conceive them on the inside is because we do it like God did it. God created us in his own image, and this was his creative process. Things came out of him. So likewise, the first person to come up with an airplane had never seen an image of an airplane. They had never. So it's got to come out of you. It's going to come from the inside of you. Creativity is on the inside of us. So for me, that's reassuring. Principle number four was productivity by multiplication and this is huge and this is very eye-opening in genesis chapter 1 verse 28 we see that then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply be fruitful and multiply so what this tells me if i'm reading through this and i'm thinking whoa God actually expects us to be productive. God expects us to be productive. God is all about, there's a parable that we shall look at uh, further down along, but it's uh, in one of the gospels. It talks about uh, this master who distributed talents to, to certain people. And then when he came back, he was basically getting accountability from all of them. And one of them hadn't multiplied their talents and basically those talents were taken from them. And this person was punished. So God expects us to be productive because he's created all of us in a very unique way and we might grow up in an environment or the environment around us. When we are growing up might not enable us to be productive or harness this gene of creativity, but there, it, it is there inside of us. So that's why God expects us to be productive. But for me, the one of the most interesting things is I was asking myself, saying, well, how can I be productive? Like, Lord, and then he opened it up to me. Basically, he was right next to the word be fruitful. He said multiply. So I was like, okay, here, I have a formula. So he wants me to be productive. He expects you to be productive. And how are you going to be productive? by multiplying you see God thinks we see how God thinks as well God thinks in terms of multiplication not addition when it comes to increase throughout scripture you read things like 30 fold 60 fold a hundred fold a thousand fold tenfold seven times he's always thinking in multiples always thinking about multiplying what was there before so he's a God of multiplication so we can say that we we, we we are to be productive by multiplying. And again, a really clear picture would be something like if you started out with two widgets, you, know, you should be looking at how you can produce four, not three. If you started out with six widgets, you should be looking at how you can produce 12, not seven, not eight, not nine, not 10, not 11. No. And we also say that if the question you ask your mind is, Hey, show me how to produce just one more. Let's say if you set it out with five and you just tell your mind, I just want to make six, I started with five, show me how I can make six. You are not fully harnessing the creative gene inside of you. You're not performing at manufacturer's capacity. In fact, there's a leap of production that you are not taking. There's a leap of faith that you are not applying. You're not taking full advantage of that capability. There's there's something that you're going to see as we uncover these principles that there's a lot of things that we call natural law, how the world works, but they were set in motion in this first chapter of Genesis. So it is very critical. I see a natural law of mathematic principles set in motion here. The principle of multiplication was set in motion here. There's no reason why God would say multiply without there being any knowledge in the universe about multiplication. I mean, God knew about this. God knew about math. God knows about subtraction. He knew about addition. He knew about multiplication, but it's very interesting that he said, be fruitful, multiply. He did not say be fruitful and add, you know, and and add to yourself. And He said, be fruitful and multiply. So those are the first four principles and Today, we are going to move on to principle number five. Principle number five, be resourceful. Again, this is very interesting because principle number four and five are basically tied to each other. How can you be productive? How can you multiply? You're going to have to be resourceful. So it's really interesting that the scripture says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. Wow. So we can see where principle number five is coming from. He's saying, God is saying, okay, I expect you to be productive to be fruitful which is productive and how do you do it by multiplying but in order to be to do that you are gonna have to be resourceful you're gonna have to subdue the resources around you're gonna have to use the vast resources that are available to you in the service of god and man that's very interesting subdue it use all these various resources in the service of god and man so Again, there's an expectation here. What does God expect from us? What is his thought process when He's putting, creating all these resources? He's like, I expect these guys to use them. God expects us to use all of His resources, all the resources that He created, every resource that's every every resource that is available to us. God expects us to use it. Now, some people might disagree. I agree. With the next statements i'm gonna make but um again that's because there's been a fall of man and 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 this is kind of like a touchy subject right now but here we go so on a macro level let's look at climate change and energy production god expects us to use every single resource he created because he said use all its vast resources. Now, that means we have to be scratching our heads, asking how we can safely produce things like nuclear energy. We just can't push that off to the side. We have to ask ourselves, how can we produce nuclear energy? We have to keep asking that question. We have to throw some resources behind that. Now, the same goes for wind energy. The same goes for solar energy. Right now, we aren't harnessing enough power from all these resources. And God is looking at us like, these guys are dumb. Why aren't they doing this? Why why is it, for instance, that a disruption like blockchain technology, uh, the fall of blockchain technology could be its energy consumption, Yet it's a technology that could help really elevate how so many systems and things work in our world today by bringing to the surface uh, open transparency, ownership of people's creative work through NFTs, and just how money works. But you see, this new technology, the biggest backlash that it has is its energy consumption. Because some of these are uh, blockchain protocols, they use up more energy than some countries, than some cities, than some... So if the question is about energy standing between us and another revolutionary, revolutionary innovation like blockchain, then, we, then we're not fully harnessing all the resources because we know that nuclear energy can just deal with, um, the energy consumption from blockchain. Now, if we haven't yet figured out a safe way to do it, then why not solar energy? Why not solar energy? This is why I say that God is looking at us and saying, oh, these human beings, they're dumb. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they going for it? They, they, They're not thinking enough. They're not being creative enough. They're not, Harnessing all these resources, you know, and also maybe they're heavily relying on fossil fuels. That's not to say that we shouldn't use them, but he's thinking that, hey, how many years have you guys been depending on fossil fuels? There's all these other forms of energy. Why aren't you tapping into them? So this is me going, okay, God wants us, expects me to use all the burst resources that are available to me. So if I have a problem before I cry out to God, he's saying, son, I put unlimited resources for you. This should be easy for you. Have you really done some inventory? Have you really looked at all the resources available to you? Have you harnessed all of them? Are you throwing all the resources that you have at this problem? Because All the resources that God made available to us, remember. The guiding principles of of this series is in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God is omniscient. So God knew that there'll be a certain time when um, pollution would arise, when man would kind of just be wasting and he knew about changes in the climate and all of that so if fossil fuels were bad god wouldn't have created them in the beginning now he expected us at a certain point to realize maybe we could ride that wave of fossil fuels until we could jump onto some other new technologies but the whole point here is that we got to be looking at all our resources everything that god created He he there's a, there's a principle at the end of this but it's basically, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was suitable, pleasant, and he approved it completely. That's from Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. So everything that we see at the beginning of creation is good. The animals are good. The bads are good. Human being is good. Man is good. And things start to be corrupted. But if everything is good, that means it's something that we should not ignore. It's something that we should be thinking, how can we use it? Now, as I said, uh, so we have this tug between renewable energy and fossil fuels. Now, we have to use everything that's available to us. Now, that doesn't mean that we we shouldn't keep an impact balance in mind, the point here is that we can't be one-handed. We can't be one-handed. Now, on a micro level, as pertaining to your local personal individual level, you have to ask yourself, am I throwing every resource available to me, to every, every resource that is available to me at this problem? Because just like on the macro level, because of fear, we can easily get comfortable and put off every uh, uh, on, a, on a macro level because of fear and saying, oh, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. It's very easy for us to get comfortable and put off ever producing nuclear energy. The same thing can happen on a micro level with our own personal lives. There's some resources that you might not tap into yet. They could be the resources that help you get out of the situation you're dealing with, but because there's a fear. So we should be asking like, what are all my resources? What am I using? What am I not using right now? One of our principles is you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. I think that's principle number six. It's coming up. So, Likewise, for your own situation, business, relationship, I, you should be asking, I should be asking myself, am I using all the resources available to me? Because in the grand scheme of things, God expects me to use all the best resources available to me. If one resource isn't cutting it, if it isn't solving the problem, then I have to try another option. You know, we often use the phrase be resourceful, but it begs to ask, how can you really be practical about it? In Genesis chapter one, verse 28, after God had told mankind to be productive and multiply, he also told him to subdue the earth, to use its first resources in the service of God and man. So we understand that God expects us to use all the resources available to us, whatever the situation is. Work, business, relationship, innovation, you name it. But the problem is you cannot be resourceful if you have no knowledge of what resources are even available to you. You can't be resourceful if you do not know what is available to you to solve the problem that you're dealing with, which leads us to principle number six. Principle number six, you can't get answers to questions you do not ask so many times answers have popped up in my head in my life just because i took a step back took out a piece of paper and just wrote what am i missing it's very interesting that the moment you ask your brain any question it's almost like it's been programmed it has to it has to start looking for answers if you start to ask yourself, why is this happening? What am I missing? What is the answer? Answers start to formulate. Solutions start to formulate. It's what it, it's what most people call brainstorming. It's what we know as brainstorming. Basically, you just have a white, you know, whiteboard or white piece of paper, and you just start to throw random thoughts on paper. And that's where ideas get born. So, principle number six: you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. So, again, ask yourself: as a being resourceful, as you, how you can be resourceful is ask yourself: what resources are available to me? What resources can I access? Create a checklist. You know, in the military, they often have what is called a war room. What they do is that they map out all the options, they lay out every possible link or connection to their target. So before you tap out on any problem today, take a step back and ask yourself, what are the what are my resources? And have I already exhausted all of them? As I said, when in doubt turn to a checklist. Make a checklist of what you think you should or what you think could potentially be a resource and throw it at a problem. I said brainstorming is you cannot try to throw all your thoughts on a blank piece of paper or on a whiteboard. And also some a lot of times we use this phrase to think outside the box. To think out of the box just basically means take a step back and map out all your options and then get back into action. To think out of the box is basically you're trying to get answers to questions that you haven't asked yourself before. You're stepping out of the situation, you're mapping out all your options, and then you're going back into action. That's basically to think outside the box. It just means that uh, you're only looking at the four resources available to you. But if you step outside your box of thought, you're going to realize that there's six other options that I'm not thinking about or six other available options that I haven't even considered. So we will stop there for this episode because the next two principles would really go well together. But basically we just scratching the surface of this whole thing. And these are only the first 10 principles that we are decoding from creation. There could be so many more. Um, My goal is to go through the whole Bible as the series says from Genesis to Revelation. So. I'm pretty sure there'll be more principles being opened up and to you know being opened up to our eyes as we trick along. But thank you for tuning in. And just to recap what we've covered today, we have covered six principles that we can decode from creation. Principle number one: you need a clear vision and plan. Principle number two, identify the core, the fundamental or core problems. Principle number three. You are a natural born creator or creative because the God who created you created you in his own image and he is a creator. Principle number four, productivity by multiplication. God wants you to be productive and he expects you to do it by multiplying. If you set it up with two, try to figure out how do you make four. If you set it out with five, you should be asking your brain, teach me, show me a way to make 10. Principle number five was be resourceful. Use all the resources around you think outside the box. But the only way to be resourceful is you almost need to know what resources are available to you. So you need to apply principle number six to be resourceful, which is you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. So principle number six, you need to ask the question, what are my resources? Am I using all of them? What have I used? What haven't I used? who can mentor me here? I mean, just ask all those questions. You'll get the answers and you'll realize that you haven't been resourceful enough. Thank you for tuning in and see you on the next episode. Episode three, we'll cover the next two principles that were mind blowing for me as well. So I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. This was episode two of Everyday Life Biblical Principles on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical Principles from Genesis 2 Revelation. In the next episode, we'll talk about the next set of principles. Principles seven and eight. We'll talk about the light principle, the separation principle, and God's three-stage innovation process that we can extract as a methodology from all of creation. Your host for today was Calvin Commander. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode.
1: I guess it's why they call it God's country I saw the light in a sunrise sitting back in a 40 on the muddy riverside getting baptized in holy water and shine with the dogs running to be from God's country.